the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 83 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Probably not much, but fuck it. Let's go to work anyways. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Butane in my veins and I'm out to cut the chuggy with the plastic eyeballs. Spray paint the vegetables, dog food skulls with the beefcake pantyhose. Kill the headlights and put it in neutral. Stock car flaming with a loser in the cruise control. Babies in Reno with the vitamin D. Got a couple of couches, sleep on the love seat. Someone came saying I'm insane to complain about a shotgun wedding and a stain on my shirt. you guys can hear this okay let me know if you can hear me okay in the chat this is for deck podcast host dan tom here analyst who i mean I guess we'd call me an analyst i don't know according to mma awards uh, next week uh unless you're you know ufc fighter who color commentates you're not an analyst but yeah um you know i, I do stuff on mmajunkie.com and, and action network this year program as I sip my coffee, the Protecting Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA, but in a slightly different way where we get a bunch of stuff right only to really just get it wrong and not have the results to show for it. Here I am anyways, and here you are anyways, surprisingly. So thank you guys for being awesome and being you. I definitely don't deserve it, which is why uh, this episode is uh, not monetized. Uh, I don't deserve it after last week. Don't deserve the likes or anything like that, but always good to see you guys. Hey Dan, second enforcer is in the house, armed with my opinions. Always welcome, Ghost. Appreciate you. Where's the first enforcer at? My man Jimmy Kudo over there. All good, Dan. I'm ready to moderate, keep the chat safe environment. I appreciate you. Um, I, you know, you can't keep me safe from me though, and I don't think anybody will be coming at uh, me as hard as me today, uh, my friend. Uh, Rios is in Truesdale. A big question that I hope you'll be able to answer during the recap bit of the show, if that's okay with you, Dan. I will do my best because. Uh, I don't have a lot uh, for you guys. So hopefully, you guys caught my show—not uh, my show, uh, my appearance on Clint's show, uh, Die Hard MMA Pod over on the Pub Sports Radio channel. Uh, his Monday show. He was so gracious to have me on. Um, I will be correcting things that I, I mistakenly said on there, as you tend to do when you a talk as much as anybody like myself tends to do. Which is why, even though I'm not a fan of the Brendan Chops of the world, I'm very understanding of the uh, a lot of the misspeaks not all of them obviously but but a lot of the misspeaks it's just natural you're gonna do it I did it this week so I gotta do my own corrections and omissions which is another reason why my OCD ass likes to prep because when I don't get everything out of the way it's like I'm just a mess uh, apologies aside from like uh, the crushed spirits and all that normal stuff it's uh I'm, 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 I'm really under the weather right now too so if I seem like a different vibe it's like it's just I'm just kind of getting it from all ends it's like what's what's worse, like being sick and being like in physical pain. Uh, what's worse, being sick because like my joints and stuff, and like having some still nerve issues on the side, uh, and, and being like depressed. 
What's worse, being sick and missing the Lovato uh, Jr. Gra uh, grappling seminar, the second grappling seminar. I, I don't get sick often, but for whatever reason, when I want to actually get to a grappling seminar, oh, all of a sudden I'm sick. Um, what's worse, being sick and that. What's worse, being sick and still having to power through work because you can't afford to take time off. God forbid we just get one of these big winning nights, right? Like, that's part of the reason. It's not even material possession. Like, like uh, you know, I, I'm check to check like most of America here, you know, trying not to get crushed by capitalism. Like, these big nights represent, like, I can actually take time off and, like, take care of my health instead of doing the healthy working seven days a week nonstop. Um, but, yeah, no, no. Uh, what's worse, being sick and not having significant others, family members, or people you can call to help you because, you, in fact, you actually have to provide for others. You probably heard my dogs eating there. It's like. I don't know what it is, but you can check all the boxes there for your boy. We're going to get through the week because I got no choice, man. We got a UFC 290-whatever next week and one more card to go before I can fucking lay my head down to rest. Because uh, I won't be taking a vacation. I actually decided to not take a vacation, and I was hoping that I would be rewarded in like, the typical way where like Dan Tom stresses a whole bunch, and, it, and it's all for naught. Uh, because, uh, you know, I end up, like, denying myself uh, a simple pleasure, and then it ends up being like, oh, you could have, should have done it anyways, Dan. Silly you. Ha, ha, ha. That's the normal story. Um, so that's another reason why I was really hopeful we were going to get a win, was we are going to recap UFC Austin, uh, and, uh, and, and, and did not. Um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. I'm, I'm, I've been getting, like, dizzy all day. I'm, I'm like, super out of it. I don't know if it's, like, uh, sometimes my guy Drake Riggs told me to drink some water. I don't know if it's like the Dayquil stuff. I don't. I don't usually take like these medicines and stuff. And like, and I've been actually like good about the drinking and everything lately. I've been really cutting that down. And I could really just feel the alcohol. It's like, isn't it supposed to be non-drowsy? I, I didn't really look at the tag, but Dayquil, right? It's supposed to be non-drowsy. And I'm like, I feel like I'm taking like shots of like fucking whiskey here. Like I feel all fucked up and woozed in the head. So uh, we'll get through it, and um, I'll try to answer your guys' questions. That'll be probably the more interesting part of the show because, A, uh, again, despite having to get ready for that Monday show uh, between being sick and, like, I hate when people say OCD when you, when you, some people like myself who, like, literally struggle with it. Um, like, it, I got flash, and again, shout out to my guy Clint. Uh, go follow him. He has some really good breakdowns of all the fights that I go light on and will sadly still go light on despite – like having to like to try to bust my ass to try to prep for that show on a Monday you think I would be ahead of the curve and I actually did feel ahead of the curve once like the stress of like oh I did the show okay hopefully I did okay hopefully I didn't weigh a show down I'm like too terrified to even look at the comments and Clint's actually got a great community over there of a bunch of listeners and I'm even then I'm like ah I don't want to listen to the comments or look at the comments or whatever hopefully I did okay job on that show uh go Clint for your 100 unit goal my man uh but yeah after after like the smoke clears I'm like oh well silver lining here I got a head start coming into this work week, right? Uh, we got to bounce back and this and that. But uh, even, you know, swimming upstream through the, the, the passion and all that fun stuff, I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, uh, I'm so thrown off. It reminded me, this is kind of why I opted out of uh, Junkie Staff Picks a couple years ago. Because having to get them in by that Tuesday deadline was such a pain in the butt for me. Because, um, again, I have to actually, like, write, explain, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, show my work and actually put my money where my mouth is because I actually do that because again uh, you know um, it's not part of my uh, uh, you know uh, I keep it separate fun money but at the same time if I want to do something fun the fun and money <laughs> fun has to have something in it right right uh, you know so uh, yeah there's, you know there's that but uh, anyway so we're just uh, 
Yeah, we're just fucking pushing through. I don't even know where the fuck I'm going. But uh, yeah, throw your questions because that'll be the only format, uh, sake of format for this show. Aside from the normal format I've been keeping for over half a decade now, you think I'd be used to it, but uh, I, I am not. Let's go to the chat. Let's see what's up. James Kendrick. Hi, Dan. Uh, I saw on Twitter or X that you had a bad week of bets. I'm here to tell you to keep pushing, Dan. I can speak for all of us when I say we all love what you do, no matter what the result. Man, I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you, James Grenzik. Uh, I don't really deserve it, but uh, I'm I'm really grateful for you guys. It just, uh, yeah, it just, um, you know, when, uh, you know, uh, know, I probably already divulged too much in that opening diatribe, and I don't want to get too any further. I want to just push forward to business, as I've been doing in my defense, you know what I'm saying? I think I made, like, one little quib on politics and some fucking asshat uh, on Twitter, on Twitter, yes, Twitter, not X, uh, was like, oh, do you have to inject politics, Dan? Be better. I'm like, motherfuckers, do you realize what sport we follow? Do you realize how much fucking like the words they're turning fucking the last pay per view into the fucking Republican National Convention? I think I've done a pretty damn good job, all things considered, both judging the sport alone and my over talkative ass, free forming ass alone. I've done a pretty damn good job, even by those fucked up standards, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, anyways, what the fuck was I talking about? But, uh, oh yeah, you said, uh, the bets, uh, oh yeah, it just, um, yeah, yeah, in case you don't know, it's, it's been like, uh, because of that though, it, it, you know, you know, I am human and, uh, it's been like, uh, just, you know, the dam has been barely held together this year with everything and not going to go into it. Uh, and yeah, um, when, so when that goes, goes, uh, poorly, it sucks and just having to, you know eat your own ass uh, on air uh, and account for everything and not do the uh, selective recaps or whatever. Like, no, I do, I I account for everything every time having to show up. It's tough because we're human beings. We're not always at our A game. Clearly not at my A game today. Clearly not at my A game this year in general. Uh, So, yeah, it's tough, you know. But at the same time, if I don't do this, you know, I don't know. It's like, you don't do this, you don't make money, uh, but at the same time, it's like, uh, well, this doesn't really make me money, and this is just like you showing your ass on air, Dan, like the first five minutes or so now. Like, uh, you're you're, you're, you're going to do yourself more harm, like, like push the keyboard away, like, get off Twitter, bro, like, John Jones, just get off to Connor, just get off, right? Like, I, I'm doing my own version of that, right? How can I talk shit? It's like, I'm doing my own version of that, so you got to find the balance, and a good balance would be, again, take a break, Dan, but, uh... We can't really, right? And we're so close to the end. And uh, I love to see things through. And account for things. Unless, of course, with the very few winning weeks we've actually fucking had this year. Those are always the weeks where, like, I end up... Like, if I don't ha- can't, like, squeeze a recap in for whatever reason, it's always those weeks. Go fucking figure, you know? So, yeah, the mental reprieve and the mental celebration. Not doing a very good job on my end. But you guys are too kind. Rain Lamina, the Jessica Rose Clark of Singing with a Lark. Uh, I, I don't know what a lark is, but I feel like one today. Jin Karasu, man, I would have voted for you for Analyst of the Year. I don't even, that's funny, I don't even deserve Analyst of the Year. It's not even that. Like, it's, and I'm going to retweet the thread because uh, there's just so many goddamn good analysts. We got some of them in the chat right here. My man Ghost Phantom um, in this space who do actual analysis. And uh, it is it is just frustrating as all hell, especially because the category that it's replaced by is something that I still really would love to do. And I thought this year was going to be it. Talks have died down for that, folks, unfortunately. And as much as a, a suit would be handy for awards week, not that I'm going to go to that fucking shit show, um, I don't give a fuck. And I have friends that work for them. Fuck you, fighters only. Um, but yeah, like, not that I'm going to go to that, but like, yeah, like, uh, I wanted to, like, you know, 
I'm, I am still, despite the uh, depression, health issues, busyness, whatever, complain. Like, I'm going to hit the fucking gym, uh, you know, try to get in my target weight, at least to the low 180s to get fitted for a suit. I don't want to be too low. I also don't want to be too high. Like, up in my, like, 209, 205, where I was out of shape for, for most of the years you guys have seen me. Uh, bouncing between high 180s, low 190s. Kind of been there for a minute now. Um, but yeah, want to get fitted for a suit, you know, uh, make myself feel good, have a photo shoot, uh, put myself on the market, you know what I'm saying? Like, ready to ready to call, we'll travel. Um, but yeah, not doing myself any favors by falling apart on a, on a, on live uh, in, in public uh, forum too. So, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. But yeah, that is frustrating though, that that is uh, the, 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 the category now for analysts and then Again, I don't think I should be that. I'm, I'm not trying to make a living off of calling fights. It's just a dream job I've had since, I don't know, the early fucking 90s. You know, um, since before a lot of these people were born that follow this damn sport now. Um, and then, yeah, just, uh, you know, it's just more just, it's more just like acknowledgement. Like, am I doing something, right? You don't get the acknowledgement for the analyst of the year thing, then your bets aren't falling through, and your personal life's not good. You're like, what the fuck am, am I good at? You know what I'm saying? You know, so it's just, uh, that's that, that's me right now. So let's push the fuck on, Jeff. Love you, Dan. Keep your head up. I appreciate you, Jeff. A. Hey, uh, Kevin Oliver, just be yourself, Dan. That's why we are here. Screw what the people say. Uh, yeah, you know, although, you know, whatever they want to say, I can't defend it right now. So, uh, but I appreciate you guys saying nice things. All right, let's get to a question here. Real Susan Truesdale, big question. Figgy had a great performance against Font this weekend. He trained. You know what? Let's let's get to that. I'm gonna shelve that. We'll go. We'll go to the. Uh, let's see. Live 12:43. Oh wow, Dan, you grabbed the wrong notebook. Good. Really, really fucking good. Um, let's just write it on here. I am a fucking mess today, folks. Sorry. In case you guys don't know, I've got like a. I'm like I'm like you know running second, a close second to Kevin Spacey in seventh for notebooks laying around the house for full of fucking analysis here. Um, but uh, yeah, I will get to your question here i got the uh results pulled up uh yeah we went uh we got reverse sweeped nothing over you know like i said like it happened like uh once in like like the first half decade of doing this literally and i've had it at least four times this year so that's and it's always like again just let me fucking be like oh there's, p- there's plenty of people i've been down more units than you are this, this guy over there he's he's down more units than yours like, it's not about that i'm not a point and look guy and secondly, I would actually rather be those guys, okay? I would rather be just fucking... Because even my friends that are down more than me, like, even listening to them, like, they've already accepted it a long time ago where, like, now I'm just... I've had to accept it after this fucking recent dagger because it keeps letting me get so close to the top and then dragging me back down and just a little bit of inkling of hope. That is way more fucking crushing than being an outright loser. I'll tell you that much. Uh, picks we did fucking terrible. I'm not gonna wait to do the math. Who gives a fuck? Um... Armin Sarukian defeated Benil Dariush. Uh, yeah, I look stupid there, of course. And this was, like, another setup. Like, again, like, no positive thing. I am again, not just sticking to sports. Like, positive thinking and, like, not just... And not faking it for the shows here either. Like, showing it on the shows and really believing it in the real. And even, like, little weird woo-woo stuff that sets up. Like, you know, like, uh, I forget, like, when I got uh, uh, laid off from... Uh, uh, was it line movement or uh, one of the betting place was it odds checker odds checker it was maybe I don't fucking know I can't keep track of the places I work at this point um, and uh, you know I felt like I got a raw deal there and then people you know kicked me while I'm down and then I scored the Jake Matthews round two 
And it wasn't, and that saved my night. And again, like many of my big nights, I'm like, yeah, Dan, see, you got the winning night. It's like 2.43 units. It's never like these huge nights, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I think I've gotten one a year the last two years to save me, even though, which is why, like, people are like, ah, if you did decent the last two years, how were they bad years? Like, no, 2021 and 2022 are full of brutal calls to the point where I'm like, this is the year I'm due. And just crushing, get, get the worst year ever, right? Like, when you're, you know, when you think you're due and you, you work hard, so uh, I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. But yeah, a lot of the, the, those things happened where, oh yeah, what I was going to say. And th- this happened with this uh, Daryush and Sarukian fight too, where people were just like, that's the stupidest call. Da-da-da-da. And like, I-, I forget what it was, but it was like, you get a lot of shit talk, especially for someone like me. But sometimes you get that shit talk where it's like, uh, I'm going to Adesanya this, you know, so I can be petty as fuck later. Because this person is just asking for it, right? If I get this right, this person is being so ignorant with their pre-flop prediction and so disrespectful, not just to me, not just to the fighters, just to the fucking process of it all, just being an ass. You're like, I'm going to save this and remember this. And I, I had a lot of those too. Nope, nope, nope. Just makes you look like a dummy for picking like the old guy like you know, uh, that gets KO. Like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen? And real classic to the Ilya Taporia, where Taporia and Sarukian were guys where, you know, I either never picked against them. And I guess that's technically not true because I, I, I picked Makachev, obviously, that first time. But I, I almost forget that because people were discounting Sarukian so hard. And I was like, no, no, no. This guy comes from, you know, uh, I think it was I think it was Tiger Muay Thai at the time when the Hickman brothers were there before they went to Bangtao. Um I was like, this is not going to be a blowout. This guy can wrestle. He's really good. He's even got, like, some striking that could be developing as we talk. And even, like, you know, colleagues and analysts I respect weren't as high on him as me, right? And I'm like, am I crazy here? Like, is there something that I'm not seeing? Like, I definitely am not high on myself and I'm respectful to the analysts and mention here. But, like, a lot of the thing it was there, the the, the general among the analyst community is like, sorry, Rikian can't put it together or whatever. Like, phases smoothly and uh, kind of fighting against his strengths. These were kind of like general complaints. And I always felt like I was pushing back against it. And then his last fight, even though he wins and wins in the exact round and method that I call, third round TKO against Joaquim Silva, when going back to watch it, I just like, ooh, I'm actually starting to see what everyone was talking about. And maybe I let that get into my head. And then, of course, like Ilya Taporia versus Emmett, I pick against these dark horses of the division who weren't dark horses at this point. Everybody's kind of catching on the hype train. And then, of course, they finally have their proverbial coming out party. And I cannot celebrate it despite being one of the earliest on the trains. Classic Dan Tom shit right there. Being wrong, being wrong at a crucial time, being wrong when you need it the most. No, not enough, not enough. Let's let's just fuck you. Because, again, I know I'm getting stabbed, but... We can't get stabbed without twisting it, can we? So yeah, Sarukian, uh, real quick, knee and punches. <laughs> and like Jack Slack was uh, tweeting, like, of course it was like, you know, <clears throat> um, it's with a combination that like he never shows before, and in fact it was something that Benil, a combination that the Benil Darius side of the equation actually has shown a bunch of times before, as Jack Slack pointed out, which made it extra just... Ah... All right. Uh, Jalen Turner defeated Bobby Green. I would have picked Turner if it was a full camp. It was not. And again, even though I keep saying, you know, short notice uh, at the highest level, and, you know, uh, maybe it doesn't matter, you know? Maybe maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, Jalen Turner literally, I couldn't, I mean, 
I have not heard a fighter that more defeated before. Uh, where he just didn't sound just defeated. I'm like, is this guy trying to like cut? Is this guy trying to like not just lose the fight but lose his job with the UFC with like the way he was talking? I mean, he sounds like me in the, the beginning ten minutes of this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. What the fuck, man? <laughs> like he sounds like me, drunk off Dayquil over here. Uh, you know, barely hanging on to life. And then he comes out there and fucking just starches Bobby Green ten times. Um, because again. Because again, oh, uh, you know the, the the cruel MMA gods goes. Oh, Dan, you love being right so much. You love being that guy who is right about the fact that nobody else is saying. Well, I'm gonna careful what you wish for, motherfucker, because I'm gonna once again give you that, and it's not gonna matter because you're gonna lose the bet and or lose the night, even if you won the bet. So it doesn't fucking matter. Sure enough. And uh, again, if losing my bet, you know, having to sweat through for the umpteenth millionth fucking time to the co-main to main event, having to sweat through a whole card of this bullshit every Saturday just to see if I win or lose. Because God forbid, I just have a air quote, easy night, easy money. And don't take offense, you know, people in my replies, because there's people that are like good friends of mine who do this to people that, you know, I, I don't know you that well. Either way, it's not personal. I love you all, but I just, I can't. Oh, it's going to be easy. I'm like, oh, is it going to be easy? You know, how easy is it? Huh? You ever knocked somebody out? You ever submitted somebody? How easy is that shit? Uh, I know I suck, but I can tell you it's it's not easy. And I've had more swings of bats than most of the uh, population uh, over 30 years. And so it's not easy. It's not easy. Much less in a fucking live fight scenario where your adrenaline is going like, I mean, it, it, Anybody who grapples can even just can attest to the submission part, right, folks? You don't to, I'm not I'm not special. You don't have to be special to get what I'm saying here. Um, but yeah, God forbid I have one of those easy nights, easy money cash in bets, right? No, no. And uh, so yeah, as if that's not bad enough. No, no, losing's bad enough. No, no. I have to watch uh, in the spirit of me being right, because <laughs> that weighs so much in this equation, in this overall pie short. I have to watch one of my favorite fighters literally, you know, closest we can get to an organized execution thanks to Kerry Hatley there. My God. My God. And then I finally get the, the, the then I get the tweets. The, the, those are the times where I get the tweets of credit. Oh, hey, Dan, you were right. Like, I feel great about being right. My bank account, my conscience, <laughs> my, my cheering interest. <laughs> oh, I feel great. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, again, folks, like I told you on this podcast, like I tell you on every podcast, like I've been saying for years about Texas and Brazil and certain judges and judging trends, but hey, who the fuck am I? You know, who cares? I got, uh, you know, amazing listeners, but only, unfortunately, a few of you guys and uh, not enough clout, not enough voice and not the results to even, you know, say I'm being disrespected. So I can't even claim that. So. I will continue to shout at a wall. Uh, Davison Figueroa defeated Rob Font unanimous decision. Uh, I felt bullish about this one to start the week, and then you know, realism set in. You know, the whole jab stuff, the Figueroa's figure. But then I was like, you know what? I gotta pick Figueroa. I've been calling. If I'm Mister, been calling Figueroa Yon, which I'm glad to start hearing people in the timeline start mentioning that. Uh, and although it's petty and it doesn't matter, this you know, especially because I fucking lose it everything. You just. At my point, I would just love credit for anything, but, you know, uh, just I, no one's been calling for this fight longer than me. Nobody. Nobody. Uh, Jan versus Figueredo. But if I've been calling for that forever on the simple stakes that 
people were like, well, what do you mean? Figueredo was a was a flyweight when you were calling for that means. And he wasn't even the flyweight champ when you were calling for it. If those numbers are correct, you're throwing out there. That's right. You know why? Because he was a bantamweight. And if I was going to say that for my reasoning, then why wasn't I going to pick him here? I did. I didn't have the balls to play him. I only played him by sub, which the grappling was live. But, you know, we weren't close to a sub or anything like the Joaquin Silva fight. So, of course... I'm right on that dog, but despite always playing dogs, despite playing dogs on this card, despite this being a dog-heavy card, <sighs> over, over. Uh, Real Susan Truesdale, big question. Figgy had a great performance against Font this weekend, and he trained at Fight Ready with Cejudo. Figgy is one of the most undisciplined, chaotic madmen, but was able to adapt Fight Ready game plan. He adds... Doesn't that reinforce my theory that Dern is uncoachable? <laughs> Despite the MMA media claiming she got great potential. Uh, and I know you're leaving me out of that MMA media. I appreciate that. He adds, uh, and to add to that, Wei Lee worked at Fight Ready for one camp and became an incredible game planner and has good distance recognition. So Dern has no excuse. Long way to shit on Dern, but I agree with you, my friend. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, Fight Ready obviously adds uh, to their positive resume. So hopefully no one is discounting them off of any of their experiences with Dern. I don't think that's the case, but your point is heard and agreed with my friend. James Kendrick, UTB and Guru are my to-goes. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Those are good dudes. Uh, and that is, uh, that's the good MMA guru. Uh, not the other one. Although, apparently, just because you're fucking tall means like, well, this guy's tall. I guess I had him all wrong. Maybe he's not a racist, insightful chud. Like, what the fuck, you know? I don't understand that. And I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not even a short king or angry short guy syndrome. I'm fucking average as shit in every way at 5'9". Like, I get no flag to fight. To, to, I get no flag to wave. I get no dog to fight with in this race. But that is kind of just funny, you know. Or on the or on the flip side, there's dudes like my guy Brian Petrie, who I I love and I think he kills it on the Anakin Florian podcast. But like he always says, like fighters will be like, oh, hate, hate me for my fans, and they find that I'm big, and I'm like, it, it even proves the point even further of like we just you know the whole shout, I'm so big, I'm so big, I'm gonna go get something, I'm so big. Like that's all we fucking care about. Like you're a professional fighter, it shouldn't. <laughs> even if size does matter at a certain point, obviously, like. It, if you're mad at some dude making picks, whether it's me or Brian Petrie, our fucking size should not have anything to do with your opinion. You should still fucking hate us, even if it's unjustified. <laughs> like, oh, oh, so you guys find out Dan Tom 6'4". Oh, I had Dan Tom all wrong. What if Bill Cosby was 7'1"? You know, Bill Cosby, maybe he's back in the good graces. Like, I mean, that's a bad, that's a bad example. But you know what I mean, you know? Somebody you didn't know their height and all like, fucking height. Yeah, but that is the good the, the good MMA guru and 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 uh, uh, TV scouting, uh, the chronic combat conversations. I want to make sure that plug gets uh, gets correct there. Um, and he says James Kendrick, and of course Jack Slack and Ghost. Um, all right, cool. I'm gonna get through the rest of this recap. I'm going too long. I'm already on my soapbox and I've killed whatever listenership that I've managed to salvage over the years or managed to hold on to. I've lost more than I've gained, but you know what I mean. Don't want to lose it all. Uh, it's, do I? Doesn't matter. It might not, folks, because uh, I might not be doing this for uh, much longer if uh, I don't uh, start upping my results in multiple, not just the 
the betting, but other things. It's uh, it's expensive world we live in, and uh, I gambled on myself to be here, as you guys know. <sighs> so support what you like and share, and that's why I demonetize it. I don't deserve it. It's not even about money, because the biggest thing you can do is share, like, and even though uh, I and this episode doesn't deserve it, Sean Brady defeated Kelvin Gaslam. Uh, submission Kimura. Oh, I forgot to say my the, the the one funny joke that I fucking had set for Clint's show, so I guess I'll say it to you guys. I guess I'll use it for my own show, Dan. Because you just give everybody else before you take care of yourself, you dumbass, Dan. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, uh, you know, everybody's saying, oh, how could you beat Calvin Gaslam? All the hindsight, right? You know, and then uh, I was going to joke with my guy Clint because I always post, like, the Matrix, uh, the Neo um, dodging bullets one. And I was going to go, and he, and he did that classic, he did his classic, you know, bit or whatever when, like, the Kelvin guys is like, me not betting gas. And, like, a lot of people were being, like, really hindsight on he as, as per normal, right? But I was going to joke with Clinton go, if you're Neo, like, dodging bullets, like, I'm fucking James Caan and the Godfather. <laughs> and this eating the eating every bullet in the Tommy. <laughs> that is me betting. That's my betting here. I'm catching all the fucking bullets, and uh, I fell for this one, man. I thought I wasn't going to fall. It's been a while. It's been a while since I fell for the Kelvin Gaslam trap, folks. Probably since the last time he got submitted, to be honest. Uh, which is ironic. Of course. Of course. Because, again, loss isn't enough. We got to gotta twist the irony. We got to, you know, we got to. Anyways, uh, Brady looked good. But, again, man, you know, you don't want to diminish a guy and off the hindsight uh, or diminish a fighter's win like a Brady. But, uh, but man. You know, I'm still gonna want to see more Brady because it's like, oh man, it, it is. And as a guy who picked and played Gaslam, I know, I know, I know. But we gotta be real, you know. I probably should have seen it before, and there's no denying it after. I mean, there's just been no improvement from Gaslam, man. Bust. Uh, Joaquin Silva uh, defeats Clay Guida. Of course, you know uh, Clay Guida. You know, once every ten years, we'll have like a decent striking experience and. Why do I bet fights with Clay Guida in him? It's just, it's the worst. Whether I bet on him and then he gets hit with some stupid Claudio Poyas crap. And I look dumb because I'm just like, oh, God. I said Poyas was like one of the worst guys in the division. Boy, did that not age well. And then I don't think I pick him. Or maybe I pick him, I don't play him, but I, I don't max fave him like I should have against Dan Hooker. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he sure turns out being just who I thought he was. And I'm like, well, then why the fuck didn't. Clay Guida, but not beat him. I mean, I know he gets subbed. I know Clay Guida could drop the ball, but that is just bad. All right, we got to get, we're going to get Clay Guida here, you know. Uh, again, everyone making the joke, metal BJJ, but he doesn't use his BJJ. And even though he didn't get the submission, he did. He went for the guillotines. He sold out in round two, like he said, like I said, like I bet. And all Clay had to do was this get out of there easy, you know. He always like taps and he does the runaround thing, like he's fine, right? And then, like, you kind of follow the camera, follow him, and it's like, oh, crap, why'd I tap out so easy, you know, or whatever, and, like, you know, or something like that. Why couldn't he just do that classic Clay Guida, man? Uh, and that probably still wouldn't have saved our night, of course, but it was just like, oh, my, again, just getting, uh, just, you know, just let me, just let me lose outright, you know, although I got the Grand Tour, I got to lose outright with the, the Darius, the quick one. Or, you know, the prolonged outright with the green. I really got the uh, the Tour de Italy or like the Olive Garden version of uh, how to lose a bet. I really got, but this, the, again, 
the, the, the evergreen theme throughout many themes in my life of getting so close and just getting pulled away just to taste it. Like, you know, it's, that is fantastic. Dustin Stoltzfus defeats Punaheli Soriano, rear naked choke. Yeah, man, Puna looked looked bad. Um, there was no reason for him to gas or lose track that early. So you have to chalk it up to something mental. Um, that being said, it was just it, again, it's like, and I'm not just saying it just because you know, uh, oh, Hawaiian guy, extreme couture bias, Eric Nixick, like, dude, just seeing like the replies, like people just get so pissed. Like, dude, I get it. Believe me, you guys see, you guys, you guys listening to me now? You see the beginning of this podcast? Like, I get being emotional and salty about losing a bet. Much less many. Much less many over the course of years. Okay? I get it. But it's bad, out of character, crazy, schizo, whatever you want to call me, and, uh, you know, as bad as I can act. You don't see me fucking, you know, like, saying, like, this fighter's a piece of shit. What a fucking loser. He should go to the fucking... And like it's always like, oh, he's gonna go to the B, whatever joke of like he's gonna go to the B leagues. Like everybody just like, and everybody just abuses the same fucking joke that like wasn't even like that funny to be honest in the first place. And it's especially not funny when you do like a bunch of versions that aren't even as funny as the most optimal versions over and over again. Um, because you lost a bet. Like again, I understand that pain, but like you know, go start a podcast and wax and and kill a listenership like I did. God damn it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, um, yeah, man, like, you don't think that person feels bad? Like, you know, they just have to get, like, their shit, you know, pushed in in front of, like, millions. Like, you, you, you want to know, it doesn't feel, you know, uh, I got my ass kicked over three rounds in front of, like, nobody. <laughs> I'm still trying to shake that off, man. Like, come on. I can't imagine the shit that these fighters have to bounce back from, and neither can most of you. That's the truth. So let's let's try to remember that, you know, before we criticize or we go the opposite way and go, that was easy, riding their coattails like we're some fucking hot shit. Like we fucking got in there, you know. But anyways, it was a good, uh, you know, it was a good, uh, you know, uh, a performance from Dustin Stolfitz, who also not as bad as Jalen Turner, but like sounded so defeated. And it wasn't just my perception because, again, Stolfus himself reiterated that after the fight. He's, he was a mess. He was surprised. He surprised himself. You know? He's saying that himself. It's not me trying to cope or anything. Like It is what happened. It is what is confirmed by the person themselves. And, and again, classic someone showing up despite all odds and someone not showing up despite all odds. Classic Dan Tom spot. We'll see what I much for you guys coming up here, folks. Misha did defeated Julia Vila, which was awesome because, you know... Um, I almost got reverse swept in my untracked bets that I take at the counter. The one bet that cashed was Misha Tate. But again, it's untracked. Again, it's extreme couture bias. And again, I know not to celebrate too early knowing that all my main plays are on the main card. So whether it was publicly, obviously not, because I try not to be annoying, even though sometimes those are the only things I can celebrate, and still I do not do that and have not done that lately, if you noticed. Um, but even privately, for whatever that's worth, like I, I couldn't even get excited for it. And I should have. Little did I know, <laughs> it was going to be my only win of the night. Uh, happy for Misha Tate. Uh, Cody Brundage defeated Zachary Reese. Uh, happy for Cody Brundage. Again, man, you know, people getting counted out, uh, bettering their lives, kind of like uh, Chris Gutierrez, who we'll talk about. 
was saying, like, you love to see that stuff, man. Uh, very happy for Cody Brundage, man. Especially, you know, seeing, you know, all the shit he's taking from MMA gambling Twitter. Not really the, you know, I'm not trying to judge all you guys. There's a lot of you nice folks out there, too, and I appreciate you. But let's be honest, it's a fucking cesspool out there. Um, so I am always happy to see um, MMA gambling Twitter humbled. Not lose. I'm not rooting for you to lose, folks. Humbled. That's a different meaning. Is uh, you know uh, insinuating uh, you, you know you're being the typical MMA gambling asshole I'm talking about. Um, Jakar Close defeated Joe Selecki by via slam, back to back slams. Of course, uh, uh, that was cool. Uh, happy for uh, Jakar Close. Uh, Rodolfo Bellato defeated Ihor Boteria. Um, again, that was a. Uh, you know, Jacob Montalvo uh, allowing fights to go on because that's the trend. So it's like, oh, you know, uh, uh, I saw someone tweet. I think, it, I think it might have been TV or Guru, you know. It was like, oh, oh it was great reffing in the Schnell uh, Sumiderji fight. Like, oh, another fight I fucking lost. Um, you know, by letting it go on. And I'm not even talking about my betting bias, whether it was a good, even though you, you could justify sending stoppages. And if I actually, forgetting my betting bias was keeping the same energy in general, um, I, I still should argue for that fight, you know, like not that it should have been stopped, but that it could have been stopped and been justified. Not that it should have been, but that if he did, it would have been justified. And maybe, frankly, nice to see that. But uh, I don't, and not to say Montalvo is not a good ref, but I don't know how much we can attribute, again, the clear Texas judging refing trend, both broadly to how it specifically applies to guys like Kerry Hatley and Jake Montalvo, prove me right. Is that is their trend. So how much is it that being a good ref? Not that I want to take away from, you know, the rare refing uh, officials getting credit. God forbid we actually give them credit, right? But at the same time, when it's such a fucking clear trend, that is actually a danger and detriment. So yeah, Adolfo Bellato gets that one. I didn't have anything on it. I don't care, but I'm just, just saying, right? Keeping that same energy. Uh, Jared Gooden defeats Wellington Terman. God, poor Terman, man. Oof, poor tournament. Veronica Hardy defeats Jamie Lynn Horth. Good for Hardy. And that is... That is fucking that. All right, 37 miles fucking long. All right, we'll try to hurry through the rest. Uh, I'm going to answer your guys' questions. Um, that really says in Truesdale, I've been ghost analysts... I've seen ghost analysis since 2021 days. It's good that he's finally getting his long overdue daps, and it's cool that you two are great at what you do. I, I think it's cool too, man, and I'm happy to promote people like Ghost uh, and others as well. Um, um, so I just try to promote good people, and that's also why I got like you know kind of butthurt early this week because again, like you're losing in your ass there, and it's like you know another thing I'm doing is evergreen work and putting a lot of work into this year, and then just seeing people make shit lists and seeing those get like. You know, not even shit lists like of of techniques and stuff like the bad stoppages. Like there's that right, and then there's like you know uh, people interacting with it who have, like been a part of my top five shows. I was like, what are you doing? Like, you, you know, like what are you interacting with that or like not shouting me for? Like fucking, we covered this topic. Shout yourself even, you know, and uh, or like there was a thread of like fucking relationships that like had more engagement than like all my threads put together in the last three years. It was just. It, you know, again, when you're in a state like I'm at, it's just like you're like, that's the last shit you need to see. And there was just a ton of those reminders that just kept hitting me in the face despite me already being down. Like, I'm already dead. Stop it. You know, come on. Like, was that Sam Tarley one? Like, stop, stop. I'm already whatever. <laughs> uh, 
What's your opinion on the nonsense on X these days? It sucks, man. And honestly, guys, like, uh, I've been real close. And I'm probably going to just do a Goodwill hunting style. Um, like, not even caring about the library. Apparently, you know, I could do that on threads now, too. But it's I've put some... Even though I complain, like I just did, about it not getting engagement, it still doesn't mean they're not fucking cool things that I'm not proud of. And... I don't that I believe are are useful, right? They are. They are useful. I am proud of them, um, but it just sucks. We've been taken over by an apartheid fucking Nazi f promoting fucking pale mite, pale fucking milk looking chud. Sorry, he looks like a, a bag of milk. That's what the they're trying to make the, the classic joke. But again, I'm a hypocrite. Back to people making the same joke and making shittier versions of it. I just did that. But yeah, fuck Elon Musk. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, took away the fucking blue checks, uh, which is, I didn't even really care of, like, for a status symbol, but it was great to actually, like, have information, and now, between that and AI being introduced, uh, perfect timing to really, you know, uh, descale, uh, information, uh, pathways. It's really, real good. Real fucking good. And then I had to listen to all the fucking Musk shows me. <laughs> Masterful Gambit, Mr. Musk. Masterful Gambit. Wait and see. Uh, Ghost, I love what you said. Uh, that it's wrong when better say easy pick. The sport is volatile and they aren't the ones in there. I have massive respect for that quote and remember it forever. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jimmy Kudo, Zang Gang over here is only petty for people making picks against Wei Li and when they get it wrong. And James specifically will go down on that on them other than that we are mostly positive phrasing but i get what you're saying hey mark fellow this is my positive dude in the house mark fellow shit up dt betting will be boring if we want every bet that is very true but you know i could i win once in a while <laughs> oh and then like there's when we finally do get these rare breaks in the schedule you guys notice like i always eat shit like right in between those weeks so i have to sit with it like extra long and not know what it's like to cash a bet to get that stupid adrenaline dopamine thing that, you know, we get from social media now. James Kendrick, Ghost was even asking for the rear straight right knee on the same side from Benny Senchai style, which I tagged you in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Ghost picked up on that too. Uh, James Kendrick, did you know that Hatley was the ref that almost got Watterson killed? Yeah, no, I remember that. Yep, that was, again, again, I don't say these things for no reason, folks. Just a scumbag of a human. I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, he at least felt bad, you know. Other refs have like sat there and defended their actions, so I gotta, I gotta at least give Hatley that credit. Uh, but James Kendrick continues. He says, "I get that refs have a hard job, but not learning from your mistakes and purposely giving people career-altering beatings makes him evil." Yeah, you know, at a certain rate, you, I hope again. That's why I suggested in spinning back click that you know, I'm not trying to get anybody canceled. But maybe he should like switch over to judging since he's also a judge, and Texas is one of the few states that allows him to do both, and uh, take a break and and re re do reeducation courses before he can get back in there was my suggestion for whatever that's worth. Uh, Rio says in Truesdale, thank you Dan for agreeing. I've been asking that same question in other chat rooms that I'm a part of, and they just don't like that darn question. Yeah. Jimmy Kudo, the Gaslam-Brady fight was sad. Yeah, it was kind of sad. I mean, it was nice stuff from uh, Brady. Fenyo, Gaslam looked like absolute trash sometimes. We just got to admit when fighters don't show up, 
not Brady's fault. Absolutely not Brady's fault. Yeah, it's it's a weird line to walk, you know, when talking about that. Uh, Pepe Silva, I felt good about my Brady bet, seeing how small Kelvin's hips and asses are. <laughs> oh, man, as a guy built like Gaslam, I both sympathize with them, but then I also can't deny when guys like Pepe Silva say that. <laughs> it's true. Pepe Silva says, at least you keep a good sense of humor, bro. I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to. Hopefully that comes across, and uh, apologies if I get too fucking uh, touchy on here or on socials. Appreciate you uh, chiming in, Pepe Silva. I do, my man. Uh, Jin Karasu, it is, is it bad that Jack Slack doesn't care about Misha Tate fights? He outsources his opinions when she does fight. Uh, maybe that's just a, you know, burnout from him doing it for so long or, you know, uh, WMMA fights uh, maybe aren't his thing, you know. I'm not hating on either one. Everybody is. I definitely understand the burnout part, right? Uh, but I, I'm not going to pretend to know or judge uh, his opinions. I, again, I only recently started li listening to Jack Slack again. Um, not that I just you know, it, all respect, just want to keep my filter clean. Uh, and I still am careful about when I listen to him now, just because like, I already like will catch like, Oh my goodness. Sake. So I'm just so again, very, I'm not saying just be, oh, I literally am OCD folks, formal diagnosis. So I, I try to keep my filter clean. Um, so yeah, I don't know. All right, let's get to it. 44, 45 UFC Vegas 68. Yeah, where the fuck are we at? Where's the odds at? Uh, Song Yudong Gutierrez. Uh, Yudong minus 430. Gutierrez plus 300. Shout out to my guy Feno in the site, uh, uh, in the chat. Um, amazing analyst. Um, and uh, great uh, analysis on Gutierrez as well as with Ghost, who has excellent threads. I definitely check out Ghost uh, on Twitter. I, I share I shared this Gutierrez versus Alotang. Um, but I know my guy Feno is a big appreciator of Gutierrez's game. Uh, excellent lateral movement that allows him to kind of shift his stances, looks, change up uh, things offensively, but obviously it gives him some consistent exit, exiting pathways off the highway to circle out uh, with the lateral movement. So parlay is nice offensively and defensively, dual directions, dual purposes, mixing in with consistent hip feints and prodding jabs. And the occasional when feeling in stride shifting forward, almost like Machida-like combinations here. Mine's because I go left to right. Almost like he just wants to get respect, you know, make sure he's getting your respect still. Wonder Boy will do a similar thing as well. Um, very kick-heavy fighters, very outside, uh, you know, along the cage fighters. And they have tactics for it, um, both with their footwork. And uh, both guys have improved their wrestling, Song Yadong and Chris Gutierrez during their UFC tenure. But yes, Gutierrez has as well. Uh, well, both of the shot awareness, uh, awareness to push down on the head and limp leg, fight grips, underhook awareness when his back is against the cage. All these things have been steadily getting better. At, uh, you know, Gutierrez knows where he's good at and to fuel it. But at the end of the day, uh, the smaller cage is tough for a kicker who likes to play on the outside. Uh, whereas Song Yadong, although he's happy to fence and stick and uh, move and kind of organically let striking form an open space he obviously has an has a knack uh, predisposition propensity to pressure that's what he does his best work he is a counter puncher but kind of similar to conor mcgregor not stance or style but as far as uh the frame the base frame the foundation um a counter fighter who does his best work pressuring to pull and really pull those counters out uh and emphatically to make emphatic collisions, right? 
Um, and that, that is kind of what he does. His kicking defense hasn't been that great. Um, it's tricky. You know, you got to look at, you know, you got to be careful of stats where it's like, it looks like everybody is pretty much in the 90% to pretty much 100 percentile, but he actually has gotten better at checking kicks. And he's always been able to counter kicks, and that's kind of what he's dependent on. You know, you look at his uh, Turbo Perez fight where he gets that emphatic knockout by countering the kick sitting down on the right hand. Uh, but he still takes the kicks, right? Maybe not the best kick defense, even though he's got good eyes and proprioception to get out of the way. As far as technique and reliability goes, not the best, but he's gotten it better. And you look at the stats, but like, oh, well, he got three for three landed on him in his last fight against Ricky Simon Vato. Oh, sorry, I'm sick. I can't like, say my shit. Uh, but like, uh, you know, and um, like Ricky Simon Vato, right? Like, but like, uh, if you look the first round, two of those kicks that, two of the three kicks that Ricky Simone apparently landed uh, were checked really hard, which is why there was only three kicks in a five-round fight. I know it ended pretty early into the fifth round, but you know what I mean. It was a five-round fight that went into the fifth round. There was only three kicks thrown, three kicks landed. And even though that's a 100% land rate, it's like, is it when the first two are checked? And that's why the number is so low to begin with, because the first two were checked right off the bat in the first round. Um, and Song Yudong even acknowledges the check. He gives a little point. So you got to be careful again. Like I always say, um, stats are terrible, even though people will go lazily cite the stats, and they've got better pick and bet records than me, but hey, I guess that's besides the point. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> so when you look at it, it's like, okay, I, I, you know, and even though Gutierrez has a really good chin and recoverability, um, like he only hasn't been, he, he hasn't been knocked down until his fight with Pedro, Mun Pedro Munoz, uh, and that was in round one, and in his defense, he wasn't finished by Pedro Munoz, right? Uh, so, uh, but then again, you look at look at that, that knockdown, and that was very similar to the uh, Turbo Perez fight. You know, uh, Pedro was catching him on one leg because Gutierrez can be hit on one leg. And if you look at it, outside of Pedro Munoz, who he lost to, and Vince Morales, who, you know, he seems like a really nice kid and much more knowledgeable than you might realize. So I don't, I'm not trying to be rude, but I, I just don't rate him very highly. Like, but those were like his kind of more, more dangerous on-paper strikers. You know, you got to go all the way back to his... Other UFC lost to Hayoni Barcelos in the his UFC was his debut, right? At that point. Um, <clears throat> and in Gutierrez's defense, he's also a different fighter back then, right? So as far as, like, athletes or athletic strikers or athletic knockout artists, like, it's not a lot of those on Gutierrez's re UFC record. So I'm going to go with Song here, and it's like, okay, how are we going with Song? Are we going um, knockout decision early, late? If you look at it, it's like, well, if it goes late, that's more for fuckery to happen, whether it's like cuts, uh, running into a random Gutierrez spinning back fist, um, allowing for attritional damage of Gutierrez's legs to, to rack up. Um, and then there's also the fact that, like, what are they doing? It's a really slower tempo fight, which is not abnormal for a Gutierrez fight, but it is for a song fight. So in other words... One could argue that if this fight goes late, something went wrong, at least on the song side. So if I'm going to pick song, well, I guess I'm going to pick him early in rounds one or two. Um, I don't have it written down, not that it matters, because I grabbed the wrong fucking notebook. So let's, uh, that was a child-friendly episode. I, I f curse every episode, and even when I don't, I mark it explicit, so who gives a fuck? 
Um, oh yeah, of course you're not gonna work uh, for me, of course, of course. Basically, I just sprinkled on song round one plus 450 or plus 600, round two or something like that. I'll probably get better numbers somewhere else. You can probably get better numbers somewhere else. Just some Scotty Pippen, so just over a half unit and including the payout for one not hitting, assuming one of those hits will get just over a unit return. So I know, super sexy. That's the pick. That's the play. Let me uh, clean up these questions. Uh, DT time. Let's go. What's up, Matt Polly? Good to see you. James Kendrick. Do you like Gutierrez doing that teep to the lead leg to get his opponent putting weight on it so he can throw his calf kick? Yeah, that is a really cool tactic. I saw that. Ghost. Uh, I also did a thread on Song. Yeah, I saw that too. I, I threw that in my uh, breakdown that I, I finished right before doing this because... I studied the matchup for Monday's show. I don't record the video to Tuesday. I was supposed to write it on Wednesday, and I just ran out of steam, and I wanted to get my co-main event betting breakdown done because I that was ready to go. Because, again, by the time I... Everything is just throw, throw, thrown off anyways. Um, but, yeah, uh, Ghost says, I also did a throw on song. He surprisingly has some good body shots, particularly his wide right to the body. Yeah, he does. There's also, you know... Uh, Reminded how good his kicks were. Jin Karasu, Gutierrez looked really bad against Pedro Munoz, uh, yet has still, yet he's still really good. I agree. I agree. Uh, I also, I just didn't think that the pressure and the changeup, that intensity, um, he didn't like that. You know, I think there's, there's a reason why Gutierrez will slow fights down to his pace. He doesn't like the shakeups and stuff. Some little note that I wrote down. And Song Yudong, whether it's his pressure or his timing changeups. He will provide the shakeups. So, to your point there, Jin Karasu says, if you've seen him, he's so really good if you've seen him fight. Yeah, yeah, no, he's really good. I agree. Pepe Silva, Goody has a solid chin. Uh, I see it extending. Yeah, it could definitely extend, you know. Um, I wouldn't be mad if it extended. Um, but believe me, uh, any excuse to play round three, four, and five, you know, uh, maybe I should have done so here, you know. Uh, and maybe me playing rounds one and two means it's going to go late, folks. So that's good news for you. It's good news for you, Pepe Silva, and the rest of you who are smart enough to fade my dumbass. But that's uh, where I ended up. All right, next fight is <clears throat> Khalil Roundtree minus 215, Anthony Smith one, plus 164. This fight was supposed Roundtree was supposedly initially biased with the fight of Marisa Khanoff and you have... I get so, I'm so burnt out of this shit. Like, having to write or even talk just through all the prerequisites of fucking shuffles just to keep the fucking EFCN's schedule happy noise the fucking piss out of me. Sorry. But yeah, round two was supposed to fight Mirza Khanoff, which was, uh, you know, David Harbour, essentially from Stranger Things. Um, at UFC Austin, and this fight gets pushed back because Anthony Smith is a step in. And since Dana White doesn't like catchweights, they push it back to this card. And to be honest, this card probably needed it anyways because uh, I was going to call, but I forgot to say it on Clint's show. And by the time I tweeted, was going to th thought about tweeting it out, it already started. We already started losing matchups. And again, at this point, I could care less. Even me, my, uh, my ass, could care less about being that guy who called things because everything I call doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is results. Numbers, results, right? Not actual what's happening and contextual results. No one cares about that shit. Um, 
yeah, uh, <clears throat> this is tough, man. Uh, I boomerang back and forth. Uh, by the way, I got it wrong. I said, well, maybe I didn't because I think Ankolaev, you know, does switch stances, even though he's mainly a southpaw and I list him as a southpaw, but I forgot Ankolaev. When I said Smith is one on one against southpaws, I said Lawler, or not Lawler, Hector Lombard, and uh, Cesar Mutanch, and I forgot about the loss to Ankolaev, Dagestani Stipe. So he's actually one and two. Another reason why I just. My fault. My fault, folks. Uh, but yeah. Um, and, I'm, and again, like I said on Twitter, I'm done with the fucking. Uh, my, my, my heart's not in it to do these fucking clips. But especially, you know, uh, how much more would I have been behind if I'd done those clips this week? You know what I'm saying? I still haven't fed myself. I fed the dogs, luckily. You heard my dog eating when we came on here. Still haven't fed myself today. Uh, who knows how far I would be behind if I actually clipped the shit. So it's not even worth fucking doing. Uh, but yeah, he is one and two against Southpaws. It's tough. His one victory is the one fight where he's with uh, Mark Montoya. He's Anthony Smith jumped around camps. He's back with Mark Montoya for this one. Um, of course, in that that fight uh, against Hector Lombard, he actually is you know kind of takes him a bit to find his lead hand and confidence. He's got to kind of work his way into the fight as Anthony Smith tends to do. Um, but he's able to you know pair front kicks and body kicks, uh, find his right hand. Uh, that's another thing about the Southpaw reports too is so fucking annoying and, and, uh, in conjunction with like the result with the Benil Darius and Sarukian thing like even though it was a surprise that Sarukian did it whether you had the same analysis others did as in striking or you had the analysis others did as far as Darius was the more likely according to scientific history and proven facts to do it uh, what also annoyed me was that people were surprised and were like again like oh you know it's coming out just jumping into the coming out party hype be like Look at this crazy combo he did when it's just like, if you've been watching my Southpaw report, outside of people just throwing a big right hand or a power kick, literally the most common answer for everybody, like from elite strikers like Max Holloway to grapplers stuck in 2007, like Hani fucking Yaya, is they lift a knee and then they step into a mirrored right stance, right hook. Like, it's literally in all my fucking Southpaw reports. This should not be a fucking surprise. Of course, none of those get love while they're out, while they're live, while they're relevant, or when you can actually reference them for shit that's actually relevant. No credit. All labor. All love. For shit, pretty much. For, like, the fucking five of you who appreciate it. Thank you. Ah, anyways, what the fuck was I on? Yeah, uh, so the, the, the Southpaw report. So... You know he will uh, <clears throat> he will use his right, his lead hand just not as much as you like maybe he'll go back to it now more um, <clears throat> you know now that he's back with Factory X here for this fight he's got plenty of notes obviously helping Dustin Jacoby prepare for that fight uh, and even though he himself admits that he's different from Justin Jacoby um, he has been doing a lot more of that knee lifty stuff to avoid leg kicks. I imagine he'll do it here because not only will it like offer a check, offer some bullshit to distract, um, like with the Hector Lombard fight and open stance matchups, it allows him to kind of like have that skip one two that he likes in the open stance offensively, and like a lot of us, which I love too, I love doing the lifting knee from like southpaw, and then it allows me to do my orthodox to orthodox fit in because if the kick's not there and I just lift the knee, I can step through into a shift to an orthodox stance and change level after I've gotten them to. Oh, what's coming? 
um, and you dip under, right? Which Anthony Smith could do. Uh, he knows he he knows where his advantages lie in this fight. He's not dumb uh, in that respect, right? So you know uh, it's the small cage and encourages grappling. And if Roundtree comes in hot, it may encourage him to do that himself because even though Anthony Smith, like I said, can have slow starts, weird fights, inconsistencies, whoever's picking one side is like pointing to the other guy's inconsistency and it's just like, it's the Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing to each other. That's why I'm just like, listen, pick your sides, make your bets, good luck, but let's not fucking pretend like one side is trustworthy at chalk in this equation and one is not. Like Neither side is fucking trustworthy no matter how you arrange the numbers, okay? But even Smith for his slow starts and weird inconsistent fights, if you come in hot on him, he will respond in kind. Whether it's striking, even though the striking's not, you know, going for him and he's going to lose like Don Kaliyev Southpaw or he comes back to later win like the Lombard Southpaw fight or in the grappling department back to, what? what are you talking about, Smith wrestling? Like, he actually will, even against like wrestlers like Devin Clark who, Again, but what did Clark do? Clark came in hot, and it was Smith who actually shot in on him, even though Smith ends up on his back still, because, you know, Smith kind of is just, like, almost a little too comfortable. He's almost too confident and too smart and talented for his own good. He's like, oh, I can give this away, and I'll, I'll be fine. At least that's what it looks like for me from an outsider looking in. And, and, of course, he still ended up getting the job done against Devin Clark via triangle off his back. But the first part I'm talking about, you know, he can do that if he goes in hot. So basically, as I turned in my thing for the Action Network, is um, I know, I know, my with my luck as as good as it is, I'm going to totals, not just totals, but the typical MMA gambler total of like, either fight doesn't go the distance or the under. And you know, I hate fucking unders. I'm sorry, you under players. I hate unders. And here I am, with another under in a co-main event. Give me flashbacks of Jake Matthews and. His last fight to all the other fucking unders that I've pissed away. Um, but I just feel like Roundtree, you know, is going to knock him out or get submitted trying. And in particular, I can't not see the check right hook. Um, it's a shot that is landed on Smith uh, in his past southpaw matchups. Uh, even against non-Southpaws, which, again, if I were still clipping Southpaw reports, I would have included this. Johnny Walker actually, when he drops him, it's actually from a Southpaw check right hook. And not only that, there's actually, I believe, in round two, Johnny Walker twice hits him. Uh, luckily, they were light, but with the uh, stabbing downward kicks that uh, uh, Roundtree injured Bukowskis' leg with. Um, because Anthony Smith, you know, doesn't doesn't defend legs that great, right? Um, and uh, and yeah, uh, we know Roundtree throws those, folks. Boy, do we, right? Um, and we also know he can attack legs, you know, traditional Thai style as well. Um, legs and calves as well. Uh, Roundtree, you know, I went to watch that Carl Roberson fight and. I was glad I watched it for the end because even though it doesn't show like takedown stats or stuff like that, again, if you're just looking at the stats, but if you look at it, Roberson actually goes for some takedowns and submissions and could almost put him in some precarious positions, goes for a leg lock. Uh, but I, we really haven't had to see Roundtree's counter grappling in some time. And uh, it looks like he's been working on some things, you know, because even going all the way back to that fight was what you kind of have to do. Um he showed some really good instincts, both layers against in the open, 
against the cage, and then even deeper in grappling entanglements when Roberson's got a, 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 a you know uh, wrapped around a limb, and he does a very uh, lighter weight style uh, escape, turn the knee, pop to the guy's back when they go for a leg lock. Um, and even though it's gambles, like you know uh, maybe you know someone said some yam bags for Gutierrez fight, like. I wouldn't be surprised to see some yam bags for this fight, especially if it goes long, or even just in the chaos, because not only does Roundtree, even though he's better than given credit for, slash better than you might suspect in grappling close quarters, despite grappling being his traditional folly, if that makes sense, he will also take high gambles with high reward, right? Like, um, you know, the early, like, kicking to the body, like, he brought that back, of course, against Carl Roberson, and it was actually, like, a much more impressive, quicker, smaller window tighter angle to fit that kick in and he was still able to do it very accurately um but that that's a dangerous gamble no matter who you're facing much less a guy like anthony smith who does those weird things where like he'll hang out and turtle uncharacteristically long right um whether he's hurt tired or or not he just will do it it's really weird right the anthony's the the ankle fight where he's hurt the john jones fight where he's not but then it ends up forcing that illegal knee right again back to the yam baggery stuff um, and then even, like, he has that, like, Nick Diaz, Paul Daly, like, uh, guy playing the flute in India, and the snake kind of comes and bobbing and weaving out. Like, you see him doing that in the his southpaw fight versus Hector Lombard, right, where he's kind of rocked, and he's on his knees, and he's he's deciding to bob and weave on his knees rather than get up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, against a guy like Khalil Roundtree, Roundtree's going to kick him in the body, you know? And maybe that's good for Roundtree. Maybe that makes my pick right, and hopefully it gets done under to make my one-and-a-half rounds right. Um, but yeah, there's there's that probability too, and again, if things do get too sticky and we are in the small cage, uh, Anthony Smith is an opportunistic submission player. So the way I attack the board here, um, minus one thirty five is playable chalk, even though you can get it as low as minus one twenty eight. It opened at minus one thirty seven, so both are technically CLV, bro. Even though I'll be CLV for the rest of the card, whatever I end up on spoiler alert, I'm still just as shaky as I was on Clint's show and the rest. I spend so much time on the main and co-main event this week because my ADD ass. And I'm not just saying that because <laughs> that's the awesome thing about Tourette's, folks. Uh, it's not it's not the Tourette's or the, uh, the twitches or the coprolalia speaking. That's not the, that's actually not the bad part. Uh, the reason why we have one of the highest suicide rates is because the comorbidities are the ones that kill us, folks. That's right. We get OCD and ADD, which are hard enough when you legitimately have them alone, much less together. And they are very opposites pulling you in this way and that it's, it's a really fucked up thing um so uh i don't like to use that as an excuse i never have but it's just what it is folks it's quietly been getting worse since the pandemic and i, I don't know what to do maybe i could uh go see a doctor for it but you know what else i've lost outside of people bets and job opportunities i've also lost my health care this month so that's also been fucking fantastic another reason why i'm tapping like crazy when i'm on the mats because I'm just terrified. I was joking the other day uh, with my buddy in jiu-jitsu. I'm like, dude, I'm like the guy the UFC brings in. They're like, dude, why do they keep giving this guy fights? He has so many losses. And you're like, oh, they're using it to put other people over. I'm like, I'm becoming the guy who, like, because they just had a rank promotion. And I'm like, I'm looking at the people who got promoted. And I'm like, I feel like a lot of these people owe me thank yous. Because I made a lot of these guys look really fucking good lately. You know? <laughs> I'm tapping so fast to everything right now. Because I am terrified. Last thing I need is a medical bill. I'm barely able to, uh, you know, pay my own bills right now. Now I don't have fucking medical insurance, but yeah. Uh, how does that relate to this fight, Dan? I don't know, but I'm going to hedge out with a little bit of Anthony Smith by submission. 
Oh, yeah, CLV. Uh, CLV, yeah, that's right. I took the under, minus 135. I put uh, 1.5 units on that for like uh, 1 unit, 0.11, 1, 1, 1. Not 11, 11 for good luck because we, we don't need any of that here, folks, do we? Uh, but, yeah, that's how much you get back for that play. And then what I also did was I threw a Scotty Pippen at plus 550. You probably get it for better, plus 600, plus 650 on Smith by submission as either an added bonus for my analysis of, uh, you know, uh, Khalil knockout or get submitted trying. Uh, but if it goes late, that submission becomes extra potent, right? Um, and perhaps that can bail you out. And uh, Scotty Pippen at, like, plus 550 will pay, like, 1.65 units. So that'll actually pay more. <laughs> um, but both will uh, result in uh, not too much of a, you know, profit if uh, one has to hedge out the other. So, again... <laughs> Not the sexiest of plays here, unless I'm wrong. And uh, Anthony Smith wins by submission, right? You know, or whatever. But I don't know why she's going to do it by TKO now, and I'm getting either. But yeah, that's the play. Under 1.5 and Smith by submission. Um, it's probably not the next fight, but uh, I'll just read it off as it is anyways. Uh, Nazareth Hackbrass minus 192. Jamie Malarkey plus 160. So I've been looking at Malarkey all week, and then now I'm like feeling worse about it. Because, you know... Uh, Watching the interviews, dude, the dude sounds like me right now, you know, like drunk off of uh, fucking, you know, except the NyQuil version where he's less, like, neurotic. He's like, oh, well, maybe I could barely answer the questions, mate. Yeah. I look like Ted Danson's son and I'm here to fight. Like, I don't know how to, like, he's, like, out of it, man. Like, he, the weight cut, the time change, because, again, it, it goes from, uh, China's not too bad from Australia, but Australia to here, that's a much harder trip, folks. It's an easier, easier travel for Nazareth. Um, and, uh, Malarkey, yeah, he looks, uh, like he's feeling it. And, uh, we'll see where I end up. I want to pick Malarkey here, but we'll, we'll, we'll see if I get scared off of that. Because again, well, well, Dan, uh, you, Jalen Turner just sounded awful and you, you were wrong there, right? Uh, so that's another great thing about getting like reverse sweep and getting your, like, just ass beat so much as I've done is like you just don't even trust yourself so now I can't even like give you guys analysis it's fucking great Sumaderji plus 105 uh, he actually opened as a bigger underdog to short notice replacement Tim Elliott minus 125 so now you're maybe getting a better deal on Elliott if you like that side um, again it's tough it's like are they just showing up for a paycheck because it sounds like it it looks like it but at the same time the small cage favors Tim Elliott man and you know, but but Sumaderji is not really having to torture himself with a tough weight cut, so maybe he's fresh as a daisy. And uh, he high kicks or cross counters uh, Elliot um, right off the bat and knocks him out. Uh, I still got to look into this fight. I haven't gotten to look into it with the shakeup. I looked into it beforehand. This was actually a fight I looked into beforehand and had a had a bet on. I had uh, Nascimento by sub. And, of course, that was, like, the one bet I had on Clint's show. And, of course, that read is for nothing. Another reason why, and it's a privilege for Clint to have me on the show. I'm not trying to, I'm very grateful to be doing this job. I'm not trying to sound ungrateful for any of these things, folks. But this is another reason why I hate having takes early in the week. Because half of these matches don't even fucking happen, and it's all for naught. And I just get, I fucking twist my panties all in a bunch for nothing, right? You know? Uh, this was the one fight I wanted to get you guys researched with a take on, but instead I decided to, God forbid, finally finish my fucking main event breakdown, and that is uh, Jong Young Park, the Iron Turtle, Turtle, minus 177-ish, 
plus 140 comeback on Andre Muniz. Could have got Andre Muniz in here 2-1. to one. But people smartly came in on that number because regardless of my pick, it, it feels like a dog or pass spot. Um, for one, especially with the, the, the fight shifting, so the odds should shift, right? Because you're going from more travel for Park from less travel, right? And that benefits Muniz, that hurts Park. And then the fighting environment, the small cage, well, that also hurts Park and benefits Muniz. And secondly, we've seen this so many times, right? We see this all the fucking time. We saw it last week with what? I should have been smart enough to not pick it or whatever, like a guy to go, not go 2-0 and or whatever. But I always bring up the Kennedy and Chukwu and Dustin Jacoby. Um, Jalen Turner, you know, Jalen Turner last week, right? Even though we knew that he beat Gamrot, um, and, you know, he's technically, regardless of how you saw the fights, still two split decisions, you know, and short notice equations on both those ends, him and one. Gamrod on the other, right? Um, you know, uh, he's going to, uh, even if he does take a third loss to Bobby Green, he's not going to get cut. He's still going to have a bright future. Yada, yada, yada. But man, that's still a tough position. It's still a tough position to put Jalen Turner in, right? And then you, you heard him on the interviews, right, before the fight happens. It's just, oh my gosh, how is this guy's being forced to take this fight? Not only am I not worried about my bet cashing now, I just feel bad about it cashing. You know, I'm already counting my Bobby Green money. And then he shows up. Right? So, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, you know. Muniz, you know, Park finally is on, on the run, finally getting the respect he deserves, just like Bobby Green was finally getting the respect he deserves. Obviously much different fighters. Obviously a much different level of deserve, right? And we're talking about career tenure of Bobby Green here, but you get what I'm saying. Against the person that stock load, losing streak... Oh, I hate these fucking setup spots. Because you know me, I like actually having analysis to tie to. But since I haven't, still haven't fucking dug into this matchup as much as I would like to, um, going to right after this podcast is over. I'm late enough to see you guys. I'm running late enough here. So, yeah. Who knows what the fuck I'll pick? Check me at Dan Tom MMA on fight day so you know what the fuck to fade. Whether it's my Quick Picks article on Junkie or me on tw- the artist formerly known as Twitter. Uh, who gives a fuck about Kenon Song versus Kevin Jossett? Kevin Jossett minus 155, Kenon Song plus 130. <laughs> Clearly, I give a fuck about that fight. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know who I'm picking. Who knows? Sitting on fight day. Park Young Sung minus 600, Shannon Ross. I'll pick Park Young Sung, but I mean, the fuck you want me to say about that fight? We're priced out. Uh, I thought Clint had his graphics wrong when when uh, Milkweed Costa versus Steve Garcia popped up, but I guess I forgot that that fight just got rebooked this week. So, yeah, I'll still pick Costa, but it just feels like a fucking stay-away fight. Feels like a dogger pass fight at this point. Um, Luana Santos, minus 125. Stephanie Edgar, plus 130. I still haven't got to look into it any, but um, Clint had some interesting points that would, in my opinion, put the value on Edgar, the opportunistic submission grappler in the smaller cage. That is our only shot, granted. Uh, Carlos Hernandez plus 425 against Tatsuya Tara minus 550 wide odds but for a reason pretty clear setup fight for Tyra but you didn't really need me to say that or any tape study for me to say that it's kind of clear what it is and we're pretty much priced out of that um, again my guy Clint I will divert you to his show uh, he had some uh, interesting takes on Rayan Dos Santos minus 155 Allen Carr plus 130 We'll see where I end up on that on fight day. I'm not rushing to the window <sighs> on any of those. 
114. Alright, not as bad as I thought. I'm going to clean up the chat and get the fuck out of here. Um, da -da -da -dun, da -da -da -dun, dun. Jimmy Kudo, can you believe the UFC messed up UFC China like they did UFC Noche? We have universally beloved champion in Zhang Weili and a number one contender in Yang Xiaonan. They didn't even schedule that. Well, I guess it doesn't matter now, right? Because uh, the fight didn't even end up happening in China. But yeah, they messed it up by not scheduling it and not doing it in China. But uh, it was so... They could give such... Uh, they, they give such a, a shit about Asia. Asian fighters. Asian fucking things. Despite the, all the appropriation... The entire fucking world does of Asian things. Um, that Dana couldn't even give an give it an excuse. He just said he's like, yeah, the example. Honestly, the reason's not even that important. <laughs> That's literally what he said. Like, could give two fucking shits. Could give two fucking shits. Surprise, surprise, folks. UFC doesn't care about uh, Asian things. What, what I don't know what to tell you. Pepe Silva, does the Chinese audience really want to see their two top prospects fight each other? Yeah, I, I wasn't looking forward to that on, you know, you know, because I like both fighters and they're both Chinese fighters. But, you know, uh, to counter that, it, UFC both has set the precedent by doing it with Brazilian fighters before and even not just doing it with Brazilian fighters, which they still do to this day. Those were some of their biggest market um, shattering cards, you know. Um, what was the, they, they credit the, uh, what was it? They credit Vitor versus Anderson. And that didn't even take place in Brazil. But the fact that it was a Brazil versus Brazil matchup in Las Vegas, which arguably kind of further proves the point that I'm trying to say, which sucks because that point is kind of defending the UFC. But, like, you know, that was according to their markets and metrics and all that shit. Like, that broke open the market and brought, bought, busted open popularity. So I'm guessing they're trying to recreate that. Though I feel you, Pepe Sova, like, from just, like, a personal gut feeling-wise. Like, you know, like, I... I I wouldn't be too excited, but that's kind of the matchup to make from multiple reasons, I guess. So, yeah. Wayne Lamina, do you think Khalil Roundtree's inconsistency and willingness to try things very concerning? Yeah, it feels like he comes in with, like, a new thing. Like, I'm going to try leaning forward in this matchup. I'm going to do Bangkok Khalil in this matchup with the marches. I'm going to do the pound the lead hand in his last matchup against Dukakis. Um, yeah, what's the surprise going to be for this fight, right? Uh, Jimmy Kudo... Actually, yeah, they do because they hate Yan Chanan. I don't know about that, but I've heard you guys say that before, actually. You're right, Jimmy Kudo. I've heard you mention that before. Um, Jimmy Kudo adds, no joke, if you translate the comment under Yan's Dao Yin, they are all mad at her. Wow. I didn't realize that myself. That's right, but I've heard that before. Harlem Bronx, my man. What's going on, my guy? Hit me up the next time you're in Vegas, sir. Jin Karasu, do you like Sumaderji because he's a southpaw? Yeah, I, I, I do have a... Like his southpaw stylings, but he needs to obviously shore up a lot of his game, and we'll probably get a look at that because Tim Elliott will go for takedowns, right? So hopefully, if he does win, he doesn't ice him too early, so we can look at more of his game. And he fades back and does the open side counter. Yeah, he does that as well. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, Ghost Muniz has a problem with the inside low kick, body kick, and high kick from the open stance. He looked horrible against both Allen and Craig. Yeah, I don't know how much. Uh, a Jung goes to the uh, Jung Young Park goes to those. Um, you know he's more of a jab heavy guy. Um, we'll see. Be nice to see though. Uh, yeah, you know I'm an Iron Turtle fan as well. So, all right. Sorry, it was a shit show from start to finish. But uh, I don't know what else to. I'm sorry, guys. It's just you know, 
I don't deserve you. I appreciate you. I'm grateful to be here. But uh, like I always say, pizza, eat your favorite food, but you have it every week. You can get tired of pizza. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for, you know, even though material things are, are bullshit. Like I'm, you know, staring at this fucking PS5 that's been in a box for weeks now because I haven't had time to do anything. I haven't had time to open it up or anything. Um, I don't know, man. I'm grateful, but uh, it's just like, what are things if you don't have the time to enjoy them? What are things if you don't have people to enjoy and, and time and people to enjoy them with? Uh, which is why I always give this message that I've been giving out. I always give out during the holidays. Again, if you're a fuck up like myself or, uh, you know, a weirdo like myself and you're not into the holidays, you don't have uh, people around you, uh, you fight the mental uh, the blues, both genetically and otherwise, right? Um, I don't know what I could say to make it better. Just know that I, I got love for you. You're not alone. Uh, and I uh, hope you guys are doing well. So... Recapping, taking Song Yadong over Chris Gutierrez, taking Roundtree over Smith. We'll see who I take over Hack Brass over Malarkey. We'll see who I take over Sumadurji versus Elliot. We'll see who I take over Muniz versus Park. We'll see who I take over Song versus Gisette. I'll take Sung over Ross. I'll take Costa over Garcia, but that's in a void. We'll see who I take for Edgar Santos. I'll take Tyra over Hernandez. And we'll see who I take in Alucard versus Dos Santos. Right now, all I got is uh, the under in the main or under in the co-main event. One point five rounds for Khalil Roundtree Smith. One point five units at minus one thirty-five. Smith by sub plus five fifty. Point thirty-three Scotty Pippen unit on that. Uh, two Scotty Pippen sprinkles on Song. One in round one plus four fifty-ish. One in round two round plus six hundred-ish. I'll have it in front of me. And that's it, you know. I'm uh, I'm I'm be looking at dogs and uh, Muniz. I'll be even though you know he's been all bet to shit. Uh, I'll be looking at dogs and Maderji and Malarkey, even though that's all been bit to shit, except for Malarkey. That's also went down, even though he's not popular. Everybody must be desperate for dogs on this card. And we'll see where the fuck I end up. I've not really sorry, folks. Just not really into it. I already uh, kind of conceded to a loss this year. Uh, and all my haters can rejoice because uh, you have gotten to watch me lose uh, and or know that I have been losing in all angles and slowly unraveling here live in front of you on video so rejoice haters enjoy yourselves uh, at least you're, at least someone's winning and uh, hopefully you guys can win uh, thanks for Clint for having me hopefully he can win and hit his goal hopefully his audience can win everybody can keep winning you know, and I'll just uh, just keep uh, eating shit over here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, keep your head up during the holidays because it's tough. Uh, if you are lucky and you have people around you, don't be an asshole. Be good to these people. Don't be like the typical douchebag man, dad, male figure, relationship figure in all these sitcoms. I don't care if the dumbass and everything goes well for me anyway. It's like, fucking pay it forward. Pay it back. Be grateful. I'm going to try to do the same. Good luck in your picks and plays, and always protect 